As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the show. I am here with the incredible Elizabeth Galprin. What's up, Elizabeth? Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have this incredible conversation about subjects that you and I love and jam out on so much, all things team and system and processes, operations, all the stuff that people seem to be allergic to, but it is actually what is going to build a long-term sustainable company that can withstand the test of time and setbacks and all the crazy things that we both know can happen in business. So I'm excited for us to have this chat. Um, I would love for you to take a moment and introduce yourself to all the listeners and actually give us a little bit of your backstory and how you even got into the whole world that you're in of entrepreneurship today. Okay, fantastic. So uh, I am... um... By training, um, an educator, really, like you, Megan. Um, so I went to school to be a speech language therapist. And I did work in that field for about 10 years. Um, and honestly, if you had asked me back in you know the early 2000s, um, if I wanted to have anything to do with running a business or working with business owners, uh, I would have told you absolutely not. And education was, was my place. Um, so I had kind of an interesting short uh, experience working in the public schools and realized how messy the uh, world of education is and um, decided that that was not the place for me. Uh, although um, I think I, I'm, I survived two years. As Only a two years? Employee. Yeah, you only did yeah. that two years. Oh my gosh, I like yes. beat you in public education. I, I did five. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Not very many more, but five. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Um, so I moved over into private practice and was working for a business owner and was really running the practice for the owner and then uh, practicing as a clinician. And that was really where I got the, the bug for entrepreneurship. Um, I was making some decisions, but I didn't have the autonomy to make uh, what I thought were the right decisions for the business. And the business owner, I, I loved her then. I love her to this day. Um, she had a different plan and a different strategy and a different vision um, every other week. And this started getting my brain turning on okay, I've been in a public, I've worked in the educational field and things are a mess. And now I'm working in, in a private company and things are a mess. And why are they, you know, why are things being run this way? Why, why, uh, why is there not more organization and structure? Um, and I could see uh, how this was capping the growth of her practice. And um to be fully transparent, um, I was going through, so I was married, um, running this practice for the owner, not really gaining any benefits of, you know, of what ownership would, would provide. Um, my husband and I were starting, we're trying to start a family. Uh, we were going through um, all sorts of uh, fertility challenges. And um, I just kind of got to the point where I felt like I was going to break and I needed to do something different. And I'm not a person that normally, I'm, I live pretty cautiously, at least in that first part of my life. <laughs> I didn't like to do things that were risky um, or that didn't have a, um, a secure uh, ending, right? And so it was really scary for me, um, but I kind of took a leap and decided that I was going to leave my position and that I was going to leave the industry. And um, I knew that I wanted to run my own business. I knew I didn't want to be in really in healthcare or education anymore. 
Um, and so I started to think about what am I good at? What do I, what have I enjoyed? And, um, and what I have always been good at is helping people organize themselves, their things, um, helping people problem solve. And so kind of started to explore what the heck could I do with the, the skill set and discovered that there was an industry called professional organizing and productivity consulting. And um, so, so I started my own little business, hung up my own little sign <laughs> and, you know, it was trial by, by a fire um, that was over 14 years ago. And my business has evolved in many ways uh, since then. My business name has changed since then. The clients I serve um, has changed since then. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I still feel like I actually have ended up where I'm still, I'm still in education. It's just I'm, I'm educating businesses, right, and business owners. Um, so I still feel like I landed where I saw myself landing, which is helping people, serving people, educating um, but in a capacity that I never would have uh, imagined um, if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago. So um, for those that don't know, I'm actually a part of Megan's team, Structured Freedom. Um, so uh, we've known each other for 10, over 10 years now. Yeah. And uh, we've been working together for a couple of years. And um, I'm, you know, I'm exactly where I want to be. Uh, in terms of entrepreneurship, I actually now have learned to get excited by the unknown, the uncertain, <laughs> uh, and taking risks has become easier for me. Um, and and certainly uh, enjoying the the journey of it, which I never really understood uh, when I was back in in my first career field. Um, how much of a journey your career really is. Um, and it's actually, um, I kind of like not knowing exactly where, you know, where it's going to take me next. Yeah. Um, all that being said, um, I've also really come to understand, and this is what you just said, um, how important, even when things are, are scary or risky, or when the picture is not clear, um, how important it still is to have your, to have, a, have some sort of a plan, uh, to have some structure in place, <laughs> um, and how important it is um, to have community, right? And that's something that you and I are, are always working um, to, to build um, and to, to create for, for clients. Um, and, um, and being, you know, I, I still pretty much operate as a solopreneur, um, but um, the, the community that um, I've tapped into uh, is probably my most favorite thing about my entrepreneurial journey up until this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and let, we have to fill the listeners in on like what, our, our backstory, <laughs> right? Yeah, because, okay, yeah. so the thing that's also like you're, just listening to you talk um, and, you know, you were like, you know, you play a role on our team um, as, you know, kind of like a contractor type of thing. And um, it made me think, you know, something that I believe and you and I have talked about this, that we are really moving toward, you know, heading into 2022. And I think it's going to continue on and think we're kind of at like the front lines of that. And it is collaboration. It's like coming together with other people who share common beliefs, common value systems, common morals and ethics. Let's just slide yep. that in. That's very important. Right, right. And people who get along, people who you can trust, people who have really high integrity and have similar skill sets and similar strengths, but also different ones. And, um, and coming together and, and, and whether it's creating businesses or creating ventures or creating programs or supporting each other or whatever the case, I really think that's the direction that we're moving in. You know, this, there's been this whole like hashtag women supporting women. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that anybody's really, you know, said like, what does that actually mean? Like, what does that actually mean? Are we just like commenting on each other's posts? Are we just like mm -hmm. giving each other like a high five? Are we actually coming together to build something even greater than we could build by ourselves? 
Because yeah. um, entrepreneurship can get really lonely yes. when it's just like, I'm, it's me. Whether you're a solopreneur or you have a team, you can still feel alone because it's you doing all the things. So why am I bringing this up? I remember back years ago. So this was probably 2012. I think we met in 2011. And because that's when I first started going to in-person networking events, you were already part of them in North Carolina. That's where I met you. And um, I started my coaching business in 2012. And I remember 2012, 2013, again, you and I both were solopreneurs. We both had our own businesses, but I just remember thinking like, this is like not as fun as it could be if I was doing something with somebody. Like, what could I do with somebody? And I think for me at the time too, it was like, can I do it by myself? Like, can I actually go like do this thing by myself? So Elizabeth and I have actually run programs together, (laughs) workshops together, worked with clients in the past circa like 2012. Anything you want to share about like how, (laughs) like it starts small. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we always joke about the fact that like we used to have these workshops that were like $99 or we like we served uh, mostly women, but some men, but we served these clients. I mean, we we gave so much to them and we charged so little. But you know what I love about that? I love that although it's been over 10 years or whatever, um, like that is still where we operate out of. You know, like we are, that has always been our highest priority is like, how are we serving, um, to our best ability? And I think that's, what's always driven you and I, and I think certainly that's why, um, why we're, we're still together, uh, in these collaborative, uh, initiatives. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were, we were figuring it out. We were building the plane as we were flying it. Right. And you're right. I mean, we would, we would find any reason to get together at a coffee shop or a sandwich shop. Remember Foster's? Right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Even if we were working on our own businesses, like just being in the presence of each other made it so much easier and and made it feel like we weren't alone. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, We were doing, um, we did workshops. We charged $67 for a half, I think it was a three hour workshop. We held it at the Chamber of Commerce because it only cost us $100 to book that room. And I think we did like bag lunches or maybe we didn't even do lunches. I don't, I know we had a budget that was like not over a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. They may have brought their own lunch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think there were like 15 to 18 people in the room, $67 a pop. And Mm -hmm. we workshopped it. We had a lovely workbook. I remember even back then we, we had our workbooks (laughs) Right. and we were the teachers. I mean, just mm-hmm. like you were saying, it's you and I both have a background in public education and background in teaching. We're doing the same thing, right? It's yeah. just in a different container. It's just in a different environment. Yeah. It's with a different clientele. It's not kids. Right. Right. And um, I remember we sold a half day VIP, like one-on-one. Yeah. And I think we charged $397. We drove to their homes and we okay. or offices and actually right. met them there together, the two of us. Then one other time we sold a, a, a three month, 10 person group program that yeah. met two times. You guys, you have to listen to <laughs> where we met. It was the $99 a month, right? We met them live in person two times a month. I don't think we did anything virtual back then. It was none of it was no. virtual. It was all in person. No. And we were like, where are we going to meet? We met in Durham, North Carolina at the, at a loft. Was it a loft? What's the name of that? Or something like it in the lobby. In the in lobby. The public lobby. The public lobby of the hotel. And we would just move the lobby yeah. furniture around. And nobody yeah. ever said anything to us. And we just no. sat in a circle. We had our workbooks. We had our worksheets. Right, right. And we taught. Oh, by the way, everybody listening, we split that in half. Right. We yeah, were getting so we're $50 like, a month per person. But we loved it. <laughs> Yeah. We loved what we were were doing. We were creating a community. I mean, it's like, even back then that was, that was another driving force. We were creating a community because we knew it was what we needed. Right. And so that's what we were building for them. Yeah. 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 And we've just like, you know, have done our own thing since then and then came back together a couple of years ago and it just works. And even back then we had such attention to detail we had such attention to being of service, like you said. We had such attention to a plan. 
a process, having a system like, um, and you and I were talking before we like press record about how, you know, people can poo poo on systems and structure and process and planning and preparation and say, well, that it's not about that. You actually have to go do something. And yes, that's, that's true. And you and I were discussing like taking care of the business behind the scenes is actually going to create a better client experience on the front end. And I know you are like extraordinaire processes and systems can. So will you kind of dive into like, when we talk about processes and systems and operations of a business and the infrastructure, what are, what does that even mean? What does that look like? What does that support? Why is it so important? Yeah. Yeah. So I always remind clients that um, this is really a game of semantics. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it your, I mean, systems exist in your personal life. Your morning routine that gets you from bed to your desk on time uh, each day is your system for preparing yourself for the day, right? You might call it a routine. You might call it a habit. So systems exist everywhere. I think you and I have even talked about like, there are systems in nature everywhere you are, are. right? Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. So call it what you want. Um, Systems are simply, you know, what is the repeatable process? What are the steps you take in the same order every single time that help you get from A to B as quickly, as efficiently, as smart as possible? Um, And and why is that so important? Um, Because decision making as an entrepreneur and the, the the average humans make like 60,000 decisions every day okay that's from like am I going to get up or hit snooze am I going to wear the red shirt or the green shirt um coffee or tea but entrepreneurs I would venture to say make a whole lot more decisions right and so systems help to minimize the decisions that you're making systems help to build the foundation Systems actually create more time and more freedom. Another reason why we get along so well, structure creates freedom, um, that you need to be creative, to differentiate yourself, to serve your clients. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs, especially when they're newer, you know, the reason they left corporate or the reason they left their previous job was there was too much red tape, there was bureaucracy, there were all these rules I had to follow. Uh, and entrepreneurship, it might look like it's where you get to do whatever you want, whenever you want, but if you wanna build a sustainable business that can grow and scale, you better learn to love systems and structure. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is, um, I, I heard this from um, another coach not too long ago, and she said, um, you know, that you, when you're, when you're building your business, you do have to play by the rules, but you get to make the rules. And so that's really, I love that, that analogy. And um, when you're building a business, you still have to have rules, but you get to have some, you know, sometimes full autonomy um, in deciding what those rules are going to be. So when we're talking about systems in a business, it could be as simple as, what are the you know hours I'm going to work? Okay, I'm now committing to starting by nine and ending by four. Um, it can be you know how am I going to um, communicate with potential clients, and I'm, am I going to be reaching out to them once every week, once every month? What's my process for nurturing relationships? Um, what are the steps I'm going to take when I get on a sales call? You should have you know your script, and you should have certain things on a checklist that you want to make sure that you're covering. Um, I mean, one of the most important that we, we have talked a lot about is, you know, what is the process that my new customer or client goes through kind of in that very first 24 hours or, you know, seven days. Um, So it needs to be consistent. It needs to be automatic for you. um, And it needs to serve the business and the client. So systems, processes, they can be as simple as a three-step checklist. They can be as complex as building a custom, you know, project management tool. They can be anywhere in between. Um, But really, it's what are the rules that you're playing by to build your business, to have consistency in sales, marketing, 
and how you're managing your finances and the operations of your business. And absolutely, once you start having teams. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's talk about, you know, a, a company that is doing, it's been around for year, a few years, maybe they're doing mid six figures, somewhere in the multiple six figures, maybe even low seven figures. What are some of the mistakes that you have seen and have noticed that like a company at that level is making when it comes to like business infrastructure, the systems, Mm -hmm. the SOPs, let's look at that first. Like what are some of the top mistakes they're making there? And then I want to talk about team a little bit because at that level, they've got some degree of team, which has to plug into all those systems, SOPs, processes, operations. What are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing? Not with the newbies who haven't started yet, but the ones who are further along. Right. Um, I mean, I think one is certainly um, holding on too long to too many responsibilities, (laughs) being afraid of that first hire or being afraid of letting go of certain parts of their business. Um, so, you know, not, um, and, and why that's a problem is when you, when your, your focus and your attention is scattered, um, across all pillars of your business, um, all areas of your business, you end up doing just okay in all the areas and you don't get to excel where you have the greatest skill set. Um, and we call it your zone of genius, right? So being afraid of letting go. Um, trying to trying to to steer the ship alone too long. Um, certainly, keeping everything in their head and not getting out of there. They know how to hold a sales call. They know how to give a customer a great experience um, from from the beginning. They know how to um, you know have great marketing content um, and what that marketing uh, schedule you know needs to look like but it's all floating around in their head. And why that's a problem is, um, A, your brain is not supposed to hold on to long-term information like that. Um, it, does, it does fill up. Uh, and the other problem is it, it, goes, it, it contributes to that fear of handing the reins over to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you have not documented or you haven't created videos or you haven't created those checklists, then bringing someone in feels like a whole lot of extra work for you because you have to now explain to them what you do and show them what you do and watch them, you know. So, um, so, you know, one of, when I work with, with clients, you know, one of the first things that we talk about is it doesn't matter if your, your first or your next hire is tomorrow or a year from now, we need to start creating those SOPs. We need to start capturing how you do things when you are here um, because we need to free you up. And we also need to make it so that this business is not dependent on you. The business should be dependent on the systems and the process. And then you and other people manage those systems. Yeah. So those are, I would say like the top two. I think the other one is um, really is, is financials and this plays into <laughs> why people why business owners don't feel ready or aren't ready to hire um, because they have not adopted a system for their finances. They know what's coming in and what's going out, but there isn't a strategy and there isn't a system to assign the dollars to taxes and to operating expenses and to payroll. Um, and so you know it feels like you know, if you don't have that system, then you, you don't have very likely, you don't have yourself set up. You don't have the infrastructure to, to bring someone in and pay them. So I think that that often gets pushed way too far out. Like, oh, I'll figure that out later. Um, And that again, is something that I encourage clients to start treating your business. Like it's a business with team, even if it's just you, right. Always be operating like you're six months or 12 months ahead of where you are now. Yeah. So for someone who is running their business and they are already working 40 plus hours a week uh, in client delivery, in the marketing, in the sales, in the team, all the things, all the things that we know we have to do in our business. 
and they do not have SOPs written. They don't have their systems documented. And this is so common, right? So this is not like, yes. this is not rare. So when I'm, when we're talking about this, this is so common, I would say like, I don't know what the percentage is, but seven to eight out of every 10 businesses, even the ones who are bringing in, you know, good revenue on yeah. a monthly and yearly basis, so much of it is in the head. Like you said, it's in the head of the main owner. And mm -hmm. from my vantage point and what I've observed over the years is that we are actually making it so much harder on ourselves. It's mm -hmm. taxing our, it's taxing us energetically. It is mm -hmm. sapping our physical energy. It's what's making us so burned out, tired, exhausted. We're having to overthink everything. We're having to do all these things manually, all for the sake of growth, all for the sake of more money, more clients, more money, more clients. And we sort of get like stuck on this hamster wheel of more clients and more money. Right. In the back of our mind, though, we know it's not like we don't know. We know I'm doing all this manually. This is something that I've been doing this way for four years. If I just had a written down system or documentation or process somewhere, it would not be like this. And I could probably hand this over. So for someone who is finding themselves in that place and they're like, you're telling me now I have to go create documents. I have to use a spreadsheet. I have to go spend time writing down the order in which I do things. I don't have time and I don't even know. I don't even know, Elizabeth, how am I going to go do this? And you and I hear that a lot from <laughs> yes. clients over the years. Right. And they already feel stretched so thin, but you and I know this is literally giving people freedom on a silver platter. So right. how do you kind of move that person into the space of focusing time, effort, and energy on this piece mm -hmm. when they already feel stretched th so thin with their time and they have to keep making more money? Right. Right. Um, I think, you know, part of it is mindset, right? We tell ourselves we're so, so busy, but if we actually, and I have clients do this, if you actually take a, a week and you document what you're doing every 30 minutes, you'll actually find that there is more white space. There is more gap um, than you recognize. Uh, we just have, we have trained ourselves to waste time, honestly. I mean, I, I'll be the first to admit that I do it. Uh, if I'm not being mindful and if I'm not aware of it and if I'm not tracking it. Um, so the first thing is to remember that um, we're, we, we tell ourselves we're busier than we actually are. Um, the, other, the other response I would give is you're going to have to go through this process next week anyways. Let's say you're balancing your books or, you know, um, so you're already going to have to do the work next week. This is something that you have to do once a week or have to do once a month. So it's going to pop up on your calendar again in a couple days or in a couple weeks. Um, how can we capture that while you're doing the process, while you're in the midst of the task? Uh, you know, it used to be, yes, you used to have to literally type out your documented SOPs and step one, step two, you know, step 20. Now we have the opportunity to do a quick recording using Loom or, you know, Zoom or whatever tool. Um, now we can take screenshots. So what I remind clients, I always, always say, start with something very simple, like start with your three steps. You know, how do I schedule a post on Facebook? I don't, that might be too simple, but it's a good example. Um, and when you go to do it next, just go ahead and it will take you five to 10 extra minutes to capture what you're doing as you're doing it um, and start with those simple prove to yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. It maybe took me a couple extra minutes, but it didn't double the amount of time and I had to do it anyways. And here's the other thing. When you start documenting it, whether it's visually or it actually is in written form, you start to identify some of your inefficiencies or you start to realize oh, you know, this, this is so manual. I could be doing this in a more, you know, automated way. You start to find ways that are going to save you time later. So it might take a little bit of time now, but you're going to, you know, whether it's 2X, 5X or 10X, the time you have down the road, 
you know, so you, you might pay a little upfront to get it documented, to get it recorded, to get out of, out of your head, but future, your future self is going to greatly appreciate and benefit from that. Um, but it is, it's, it's in small doses. And it's also, you know, I have clients make a, a, a like a four quadrants and you start with the things that you're not good at and you don't like to do because those are the ones that you should outsource first. Mm-hmm. So start with the things that, you know, if I could give this up tomorrow, <laughs> it would take the weight of the world off my shoulders, or it would allow me to serve one more client. Uh, and so then you do start to see the, the trade of, if I spend some time on it now, here's how it's going to pay itself in the, in the short term. Yeah. Um, so those are kind of my rebuttals to, I don't have time for that or I don't know how I do it. You do know how you do it. You just haven't decided. Oftentimes it's, you just haven't made a decision that this is how I wanna do it every time. So yeah. it comes back a lot, quite often it comes back to just making the decision that this is how I'm doing it today and this is how I want it done tomorrow. Yeah, making a decision to commit. Yes, Yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the other thing that I've also heard, I, I heard of this from a client rather recently who had really been struggling with, I mean, like working nights, weekends, all day long, serving so many clients and really doing the job of probably like at least one other full-time person mm-hmm. and like three part-time contractors or, or VAs or whatever. And finally, after like months of like back and forth, of, um, you know, one of the things that we'll hear when it comes to like hiring people to start managing those systems or implementing those systems so that we can pull ourselves out of that. We will hear, um, well, I don't trust people and I don't trust people because, and oftentimes it's from a bad experience with someone who they tried to bring on in the past. Right. And so I had heard a client talk about this, like for months and months and months. And then finally she said, I actually know why I was so resistant to bringing someone on to handle these like incredibly administrative tasks. Mm-hmm. And that was the stuff that was actually burning her out. It wasn't the client delivery that was burning her out. It was all the other stuff that she didn't like that she was not very right. good at that she was doing. Right. She said, I know why I couldn't bring someone on. I couldn't bring someone on because I had no system in place. And so mm-hmm. everything was so complicated, so crazy, so chaotic behind the scenes and in her own mind. Yes. And in her business, she was like, I couldn't bring someone on because I didn't even know what to tell them to do. And oftentimes mm-hmm. people are talking about, and so this is kind of going to segue us into like the conversation around bringing people on and bringing team on mm-hmm. lots of times they'll think in their minds, I'm going to hire someone. And this person is going to come in with all the knowledge, all the expertise. They're going to know exactly what to do. And I am just going to randomly, when I feel like it, throw tasks at them Mm -hmm. with the highest of high expectations, expecting them to get it perfect the first time and to get it back to me in record time. And I also don't have time to spend (laughs) with them to train, to mentor, to coach and teach them. Yeah. And they should be able to figure it out themselves. (laughs) Does that work? Does that work, Elizabeth? Can we do that? Is that going to be <laughs> efficient and effective? Right. Uh, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> um, here's what what we here's what those entrepreneurs are forgetting that um, running a business and building a team means stepping into being a leader, and a leader does not dump things on someone else a leader pulls someone up and in, right? And, and, and like, I love using the word mentor, you know, being a leader is, um, is part giving people independence, but it's also part mentoring, right? And again, yes, it's going to, it's going to cost you, but I would, I would actually like to say the word, you're going to need to invest some of your time, some of your energy, right? Um, Into these people, but again, if you invest in them and they're the right fit, because it isn't always the right fit, that's again, part of business, they're going to 10X their investment back in you. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The expectation is like, well, I'll just find somebody who knows how to do all this stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they can read my mind and they know everything about my business. And then they can just go uh, work in their little isolated world over here doing the things I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, you've got to reframe what does hiring, whether it's a contractor or a full-time or a part-time employee, regardless, you know, you are equally investing in them and wanting and looking for them to invest in you. Um, so, and the solution 99% of the time is communication. Yep. It's when we don't communicate what your role needs to be. It's when you don't ask, how is this role working for you? It's when you don't say, what skills do you have that I'm not tapping into? The more you have that open communication, you can say to your, your new team member, I actually don't know how I want us to work together on this. We need to figure this out together. But you know, the onus is not on them <laughs> to figure out how to serve you best. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you need to use both of your brains to figure it out. Um, but yeah, it's also, you know, you're not going to, it's, you're setting them up for failure if they come in and they have no handbook, no playbook, right? Like yeah. put somebody, put a soccer player on uh, the offensive line of a football team and say, you know, go score the touchdown. Right. That's not going to work. They don't have the foundation. They don't know your playbook. They don't know, you know, the rules. So you have to think of it um, as it's an investment uh, for sure. Um, but it's, you have to invest up front to get your returns on the yeah. back end. Yeah. I mean, bringing people on is really that combined with the systems and the structure and the proper infrastructure in your company. That's what gives you the freedom. That's what gives you the time mm-hmm. freedom to, right. I mean, look, everybody gets to decide what they want to do with their business. But one of the ways I like thinking about it and looking at it, regardless of whether or not you're going to do this, but it's what if I was going to one day, what if I wanted to exit my business? What if I one day wanted to completely exit my business? What if I wanted to sell it? Is Mm -hmm. my company, the way it functions today, is it sellable? Meaning like, can my company function without me? Can it function totally without me? Right. That takes time to get to. For sure. Um, But you should always be thinking about that. And that should be a part of how you're building your business and how you're making decisions. Yeah. I have a, a, I have a good friend. Her, her job is to help businesses uh, be sold and help people buy businesses. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's a business broker and two of the most important pieces that make a business sellable is, do you have people (laughs) that will stay right? And do you have documentation of your processes? Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you, those, yeah, yeah, that's what makes the business valuable. Hundred percent. You actually don't. (laughs) Right. Right. That's a whole other conversation, Elizabeth. Especially in like the consulting, the service-based business sector, uh, Mm -hmm. the coaching, information transformation, expert influencer, all those industries, which is kind of like all in one in a way with different fields. Yeah. You know, I think so because a lot of those fields where we have been and we have been taught and we still do, and you do in the beginning, you're building a personal brand. Right. And we're the ones doing the giving, the providing, the teaching, the mentoring, the coaching, the consulting. And so in our minds, and you and I see this with clients all day long, um, we think we're the value. A hundred percent of me is a value. And you also see this in delivery of your programs, your services, your offers, especially in spaces with like therapy or counseling, coaching, consulting, like it's you doing it. And so you think, oh gosh, well, I can't take myself out of it because I'm hundred percent of the value. That's not a sellable company. Like nobody's going to come and buy that. Nobody's going to come and buy you away from you. So if you're the magic, you have a really big problem on your hands. If you're the magic, you have no freedom. You have zero freedom in your life. You have no time freedom. And that's what actually puts you in a straitjacket. So I think this is so key. I'm so glad that you brought up this example of your friend who's the business broker. She knows like that's her industry. That is her world. She is out helping people sell and buy businesses. She knows what makes a company valuable. Mm -hmm. And it is exactly what you just said. 
Do I have a team of people who can function, who can run the whole ship? Do we have things documented? Are there processes? Are there systems? Is there proper infrastructure in marketing, in sales, in the finances, in the operations, in the HR, in the delivery? Because you got to think somebody coming in to buy a business, they don't want to be an operator. They want to be an owner. So it needs to be able to operate fully on its own so that they just come in and buy and maybe Mm -hmm. do a little bit of like moving things around or hiring a new CEO or whatever they have to do. Um, But somebody coming in and Mm -hmm. buying a business, they're not, they don't want to be an owner operator. They want to be an owner. And I think that no matter where you're at in your business journey, no matter what field you're in listening to this, that's just a different mindset. It's just like Mm -hmm. flip your mindset, just, just flip it. How would I run my business? How would I set up the system structures and team if my end goal five to 10 years from now is to exit and sell? What's going to make it sellable? And you would completely approach your business in a very different way. Yeah. And I think, you know, most of us um, love what we do. And if you said, Elizabeth, do you want to sell your business next year? My answer is like immediately no, right? But we're not always in charge of that, (laughs) that timeline. So again, you need to operate, even if it is 20 years from now that I want to sell my business, we need to operate from the mindset of if I was plucked out tomorrow, what would be left? Um, And how do I, you know, there's actually a gentleman who runs a business called the replaceable founder. And that's exactly what he does. You actually do want to be replaceable. Mm. (laughs) That is a smart business owner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. look at it this way. What that allows you to do is other ventures. Yeah. It allows you to invest in other projects. It allows right. you to develop other companies. It allows you to, you know, build out other streams of income versus mm-hmm. just being stuck in the one thing that requires your time to keep making money. Yeah. Which eventually becomes yes. a problem when you want mm-hmm. to leave that to go live your life. Right. And then that income stream. Yeah. If it, yeah. If the cash flow stops, then yeah, you're handcuffed. Right. Yeah. For right. sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So something Elizabeth and I have been doing for, I think since April, have we been doing mm-hmm. this, this since April? Um, yeah. something that Elizabeth and I have been diving into, um, in one of our mastermind programs, rise to legendary, we noticed a gap in, you know, what was kind of like holding the clients back from really catapulting like to the next level uh, in their company and what was going to get them to like sustainable, scalable seven figure growth beyond where they were at, at like lower to mid six figures. And many of them we recognized had some degree of people or team helping them, whether that was a virtual assistant or a social media manager or I don't know what else. Um, yeah, somebody, OBMs. OBMs, right. um, a client experience person, even like associate coaches coming in. Right. And we recognize that for most of our clients, I think maybe all but one, they had never experienced leading teams before of a yep. company that they own. Um, they had never really experienced onboarding team members. They had never experienced leading people. They had never experienced communicating with different personalities or trying to figure out like, where does someone really fit now that they're here and I'm getting to see their skill set and I'm talking to them and finding out what their individual goals are, what their business goals are here. Where do they they see themselves going? Um, They had not really had experience um, ultimately in this whole category of like managing people so that it's actually helping build the profitability of the company. And so in April, we were like, oh my gosh, like we should totally add this element into the program just as added value. Cause that's what we love to do. Maybe we're crazy, um, but we'd love to do that. You should knock the socks off your clients, by the way. And um, we started hosting a once a month training where our clients could come and they could invite their teams to come, any of their team members. And I don't know if we thought it was going to be as valuable as it has turned out, but yeah. it has been incredible, right? The value it's brought to our clients, but also the conversations we've had with their teams, right? Has been extraordinary. Yeah. And they are giving so much more to the vision 
and the company owners are getting so much more from those team members in so many different layers and levels. Mm -hmm. And so over the months, you know, we've continued to do this. And Elizabeth and I started talking, we were like, um, who else is doing this? Like, I know we're doing it like kind of tucked away inside of a program and nobody like publicly knows about this. And it's only serving our existing clients who are currently in the program. But we're noticing that there's such a gap in the marketplace for, you know, like your, your low to mid six figure business owners who really have their sights set on being a company owner and becoming the CEO and driving their business to seven figures and beyond. And they, they've recognized that they've gotten themselves as far as they can go, kind of the way that they've done it, like predominantly solo-ish, even if you have a virtual assistant. And this is an element leadership and also the team building and, and team leading and training and teaching and all of that, they've got to get really good at. And so Elizabeth and I have been chatting for months and we decided we're going to go create it. We are going to go create a way to work with uh, company owners who have teams to help them build their leadership skills, but also effectively run, manage, and lead teams of people, especially if they don't have a lot of experience doing that. Um, anything you would like to share about what we're going to be covering, what we're going to be doing, who this is for? Because we are like yeah. kind of over the moon excited about it. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, I mean, I, I think just reiterating what you're saying, which is uh, leadership is a learned skill. Uh, it doesn't matter how many leaders you've watched and how many leaders you've read books. You know, when it's you leading your unique group of team members, um, there is a lot that you need to work on and practice and refine. Um, and I think you can't do it in isolation either. So I think one of the, you know, I think this is going to be like our our 2.0 uh, version of of what we have to offer. But you know, getting the leader and the team members in the room and and showing them and observing them how best to interact, right? So you know, it's yes, working with the leader to um, improve their leadership skills and their communication skills, and um, and creating the best structure systems for their people, but also um, helping them bridge that gap of, you know, I call it the pull through. I know what I need to do, but now that I'm in the room with my team members, how am I executing on it? Um, I think one of the other most unexpected things that I've seen out of the what we've been doing inside Rise to Legendary is how empowering this has been for the team members, um, how, how valued they now feel that they get to be at the table, right? Having these conversations with their leaders and their leaders' leaders, um, and and how much it has allowed the team members to share. I have an idea, or I'm not sure this is the best way to do it. So it's giving them a voice, and so I think that has been one of the most powerful things that I don't know was on our radar that we thought was going to be an outcome. Um, and I think that is another piece that's often missing from the leadership training, right? It's about how do you become this great leader, but it's also about how are you empowering your team? How are you, you know, getting them vested in you? Um, and how are you truly showing them you're vested in them? Yeah. Um, so it's just another form of, of creating community in your company. Um, and I think that's, that's why we're so excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this initial um, way that we're going to be working with leaders uh, is going to start in early 2022, and you will find a link below where you can register for some of the free experiences and trainings that Elizabeth and I are going to be offering where we're going to be teaching you, like, what are those main pillars of leadership development, uh, of team building and team management, not on a like big, confusing, grand scale, but like what, what are the foundational leadership skills you are going to want to develop, the foundational communication skills to develop, to lead and communicate most effectively and efficiently with your team so that you get out of them what you want to get out of them, but also so that you're really serving not just as a, 
as a uh, like company owner to them, but you're also serving as a trainer and a leader and a coach and a mentor to them. So we were, we're going to show you those pillars. And then we're also going to show you the pillars of how do I actually manage my team? What does that look like on a, on a weekly basis? What does that look like on a daily basis? So that I'm actually getting project products are actually moving forward and projects are moving forward at a really great pace. We're meeting our deadlines. Mistakes aren't happening all over the place, or I'm not sitting over here disgruntled about the way someone's behaving. Um, and then we're getting like all of our emotions wrapped up in it. And then I'm just like firing people left and right. And then my business becomes a revolving door. We really want you to serve your team and we want your team to serve the vision. So we were going to be teaching on the pillars of team management and also team development. So we're going to have some free experiences and some free masterclasses that you can attend and learn a little bit more about that body of work. Um, those links are below. And when you click on those links, you'll find out all the details about that. When they're happening, we would love to have you. We would love to meet you and further the conversation with you about this. And then you'll get to hear all about um, the way that we're going to be able to work with you and serve you in early 2022. Anything else you want to add, Elizabeth? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think we'll definitely um, do a part two because I feel like oh, there yeah. were a lot of things that we uh, that came up that we can continue to, to talk about. Um, but yeah, I think that, as you said, I think you've even said this in multiple places, like the year of 2022, I think collaboration and connection um, are really going to be key for, I mean, for us, for sure. But I think just in a lot of ways um, in the business community uh, and, and beyond. So excited just to make that happen. Amazing. Yeah. Like Elizabeth said, we are going to do a couple of, um, we're going to do a couple of episodes on this topic. So we'll keep expanding on it over the next couple of months. Um, and you can learn a little bit more about that. And also if you have any questions for us around team and team building and leadership and team management, you can reach out to either one of us, Elizabeth, share where the best place would be to connect with you. And then I'll, all my links are down below too. Yeah, the best pace I would say is LinkedIn. Um, my name is Elizabeth with an S, uh, Elizabeth Galperin. And then um, my own website is peakproductivitycoaching.com. And you can reach out to me uh, through the contact me page there. Yeah, awesome. So if you have any questions you want us to address on the show, uh, again, we'll have Elizabeth back a few more times. Just let us know what those are. And uh, we can start answering some of those questions here live on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. This was fun. I love, I, you and I love this topic. We're like big geeks when it comes to <laughs> systems and structure. We are. Well, thanks for, thanks for letting me fill the air a little bit. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.